Shut up and sit down. Hey there and welcome to the Third Period Podcast, the show that takes you around the UK ice hockey leagues. Sponsored by Nuola for all your custom sportswear needs. Good evening and welcome back to the Third Period Podcast. I'm Ash and with me tonight we've got Danny. Danny, how are you? I'm fantastic, thank you. Good, we've got Scott. Scott, how are you this evening? All good, mate. All good. Brilliant. And Ross in the cave, how are you, Ross? I'm fine, thanks very much. And how's uh, Statman Ash? Very good, thank you. And uh, ready to introduce tonight's guest. Um, we're running back a few years with this guest. He played one season in Coventry, but has hung around in the league a little north, a little north of the border, should we say. A first-round draft pick by his hometown club in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. We welcome Sean Booten. How are you this evening, Sean? Good, how are you guys? Yeah, very good, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, So we'll get the cliche one out of the way for you, uh, Boots. We um, always ask this question. So ice hockey for yourself then. What's your first memory and uh, where did it all start from there? Uh, I mean, as a as a Canadian kid, uh, obviously we started skating where, uh, where when we were pretty young. So uh, I got on skates. I was about two years old. You know, uh, outdoor rink uh, with my dad. So uh, yeah, I got into hockey. Fell in love with hockey at a pretty young age, um, and the rest of is uh, history. So um, you were drafted first round, 16th overall in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League in 2006 by your hometown club. I'm going to have a go at pronouncing this as Val de Forez. Is that right? Yeah. In, oh, French, we say, in French, we say Forer, but yeah. in English, people pronounce it uh, Forer. Oh, okay. I wasn't too bad then. So, no, uh, yeah, close enough. How, how does the, the draft work in the Junior Hockey League? Um, so here in the Quebec, in the Quebec league, uh, so the draft is uh, in a different, uh, city every, uh, every year. So, uh, it takes place, uh, in, uh, in, uh, an arena. So in my case, it was in, uh, Prince Edward Island. It's about 14 hours away from my hometown. Um, so all the, yeah, it's. It's far away. They don't do that anymore. They try to keep it uh, centralized. Um, so yeah, so all the first, it's a bit like the NHL, you know, all the first rounds are going first, you know, and uh, you're on the floor and then the first round go on stage. And then uh, the other rounds, uh, you just go to your the, uh, the table uh, of the team you got drafted. Uh, it's a pretty cool experience to be honest. Uh, it's special and uh, you know, I'll remember that time for the rest of my life for sure. My uh, my family was there, so uh, even though it, it was far away, but it was a good experience. It was fun. Was it always that you were going to be drafted to that league? Is it that you have to be drafted to that league, or was it is that just how it happens? Uh, no, I really wanted to play in that league. You know, it's the best uh, junior junior league in Canada. It's uh, the whole CHL Canadian Hockey League. So it's the QMGHL, OHL, and Ontario. 
and Western Hockey League WHL. So uh, it was it was the best choice for me, and I was really uh, uh, really happy and lucky to get drafted uh, to that league first round. So I'm right in saying it was it was your hometown club that drafted you. Um, yeah. Was that the plan? Was that what you were hoping for? Or were you hoping to move away? Uh, I mean, I thought I was going to Cape Breton, which is uh, about 16 hours away from my hometown. And then uh, during the draft, I saw my hometown team, you know, moving to get closer to where I was going to get picked. And uh, as soon as, as uh, it was their turn to, to, to talk uh, at the draft, I knew uh, I knew I was going uh, going home. Just touching on the Quebec Major Junior League, in terms of the junior leagues across the pond from us, as I say, how does that rank in terms of the bigger picture? Because we do hear of that league, but then, like you mentioned, the WHL and other leagues of that stature. Um, I mean, how it works, you know, like that the Canadian Hockey League, like I was mentioning, it's uh, during the season, they don't we don't play each other. So QMGHL plays in QMGHL League, OHL stays in the OHL. WHL stays in the uh, WHL and uh, the winner of each league goes to the Memorial Cup. So there's four teams. There's there's, uh, there's a host team wherever the Memorial Cup takes place. And then that's uh, a round robin for uh, with four teams. So and the winner, uh, the winner of that is the, the winner of the Canadian Hockey League. Um, and I would say Compared to the league, it would be a little a little bit better than the USHL. You know, in the uh, in the United United States, it's a little bit different because you got uh, you get college hockey. So um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's a big league. Playoffs are tough to win, so whenever you get to the Mem Cup, it's uh, it's a huge deal, and then you get. Uh, you get uh, to play in front of the, the scouts of every NHL team. So uh, it's a good visibility for uh, when you're a young kid. Oh, definitely, definitely does sound that way. Um, whilst you were playing junior then, um, you wore the A for three seasons and in your final year you wore the C. Yeah. It's got to be an honour to be a captain in such a prestigious league. Yeah, no, absolutely. And especially in my case, you know, I grew up watching the Farrar here. Uh, I grew up around the team. My dad was, the, well, he still is the strength coach, uh, strength and uh, conditioning coach of the team. So I grew up in that locker room. Um, so having the chance to, you know, not only just playing uh, for the club, but uh, having a big role and um, uh, big shoes to fill, it was an honor for me. And I got, you know, I'm really lucky to have that chance. So, uh, Boots, you obviously had the A for three seasons. You had a captaincy. Did you uh, ever think the NHL would come calling? Uh, I mean, I got I got one call uh, my draft year when I was 18 years old. I went to the Vancouver Canuck uh, camp. So, uh, really, uh, really fun uh, opportunity. Good experience. You know, I got a taste of pro hockey right there. So, you know, when you come back to... Uh, to junior, you uh, you know you you saw guys like the Sedin's uh, brothers. Uh, Alex Burroughs was there. Uh, you know Roberto Luongo was there. So uh, you know you get some experience of the pro players. Uh, good opportunity. Uh, it was my only NHL camp. After that, I went to a couple AHL camp, but uh, 
not more than that, um, but it's good experience. Good to hear. Obviously, you had a, an opportunity at least to to uh, obviously go to a camp. Um, so moving on then for yourself, Boots, uh, played in the CHL and the East Coast for a few seasons. Then you make a jump over here to, to Europe and join us in commentary. How does that kind of deal come about for yourself? I mean, you know, like I've played uh, five years in uh, in the U.S. Uh, trying to make it up uh, to the AHL and uh, higher level. And, uh, you know, it comes a time that, uh, you know, you realize that getting a little bit older, that the uh, opportunities are not there anymore. So I wanted to make the move. Um, got lucky, ended up in Cove. You know, great spot to start overseas. Um, and, uh, you know, my decision was based on, you know, I wanted to travel, keep playing hockey, travel, see the world. And obviously play in good, uh, good clubs, good organization that, you know, well, you'll have a chance to win every season. Um, uh, so that, that was my main, uh, my main reason why I wanted to come to Europe, you know, play some good hockey, different style of hockey. Uh, even if the EIHL is, uh, is a little bit like North American hockey, having 14 imports and, uh, you know, it's a physical league compared to, all the other leagues, leagues in uh, in Europe and overseas. So, um, so that was the main reason why I made the move, and I don't regret it. I'm really happy. No. So you mentioned there, obviously, that the you know the IHL um, is very much like a North American style of play. Would you compare that on par with like the East Coast league, or would you say it's slightly better? Uh, East Coast is maybe a little bit better. How would you compare it in terms of ranking the league amongst North America? Uh, I would say, you know, some, you know, we're not going to hide it. Some teams are better than others on paper in the EIHL. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say, you know, some teams are comparable and in between uh, between uh, ECHL and AHL. Uh, and other teams are comparable to e ECHL. It's a good league. Um, you see, uh, you see some guys that played in the NHL, AHL, played in top leagues in Europe. So, uh yeah, I would say you could compare that to the ECHL. The only thing is ECHL is more of a development league now. So uh, a lot more younger players, uh, guys that would ha will have an NHL contract that gets sent down to get, you know, some more ice time or conditioning or stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's comparable. The, the style of hockey is comparable. That's good to hear that. So you arrived in Coventry. Uh, the question is, what is the, what was the first impression of the city and the rink itself? Uh, well, it was um, you know when you go to Europe compared to to the American uh, American. Let's say we talk about the arenas. Uh, you know the rinks are in the ECHL. They all have really nice rinks, and you know comparable to let's say. Uh, a Cardiff, Nottingham, Sheffield, Belfast. So when you get to a small, smaller rink, if you're not ready and not open to, you know, diversity and different setups, it's it could be a shock for certain guys. Uh, I talked to guys like I knew Kevin Noble. I knew Brett Robinson. So uh, from playing with them before. So guys really told me how it was and, and um, how good – Cove was taking care of uh, of us, you know, all the players with housing, cars, whatever you need. 
So I was really impressed on uh, how the team was uh, was run. You know, whatever you need, you can ask anybody on the team, whether it's uh, Danny Stewart, uh, whether it's, you know, the, the management. Um, uh, they're really taking good care of, uh, of the boys. And, uh, you know, the city, I love the fact that it was really historical, you know, with the uh, Second World uh, War, stuff like that. And there's so many things that you can visit here and there. Uh, you know, Birmingham is a nice city close by. London is, you know, an hour and something away by train. So uh, I was really impressed by how different it was um, from America and from Canada, too. So you mentioned Danny Stewart. Uh, what was the first meeting like with him? Uh, you know, I knew that Stewie was uh, just coming out of playing. I knew he was an intense guy, you know, and... Uh, it was a good meeting. I knew he he told me what he was expecting of me and uh, and what kind of uh, coach he was going to be. Uh, intense guy. I loved uh, I loved my time with Stewie, um, and uh, I think he's doing a lot of good things with the club uh, for the past couple of years. Oh yeah, we can definitely uh, definitely say that the club's headed in the right direction the last few seasons. So just something I want to cut in with for you, Boots. Um, it's not in the the kind of list of questions we've been posed here. But looking at the roster that year, you obviously got some big players there. Obviously, Brett Robinson, um, you know, everybody seemed to have a, a, a different of opinion of him, depending on what kind of point of the season it was. He, everybody said he was more of a January onwards player, but I thought he was absolute quality. Um, Liam Stewart's in there as well. You played alongside him, obviously a bit of a class clown. What was the locker room like from the inside? Because from the outside, it seemed to be that a few guys seem to get on and a few of us seem to kind of click with their own kind of people. Um, and then from my perspective, everybody seemed to get on when on the ice, but when it came to off ice, it was very much everybody kind of did their own thing. Would you say that's right? Uh, I mean, we had a really good group of guys, you know, each uh, individual was, uh, was a good person. Um, nothing bad to say about any of those guys. I just don't think that everybody was at the same place in their career hockey-wise, if that can make sense to you guys. Um, I just thought that, you know, some guys were ready to do some sacrifices and, you know, put on the work on and off the ice to win. And some other guys were just there to, you know, go with the flow and have a good time. Um, off the ice, we had, a group, you know, the same group of guys that would hang out together all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. Other guys had wives and family. And, you know, you, you have to understand that uh, you're uh, off, Outside the, the arena schedule has to be different. But, um, you know, it was, like you said, it was a season that we had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, you guys probably saw the potential of all the players. Uh, on paper, we had a good roster. Um, I wish, I seriously wish uh, we could restart that season, and I'm sure it would be different. But uh, the league was good that, seat, that year, too. And uh, the conference we were in was tough, so... But I'd, uh, I had a really, really good time in Coventry and with all those guys, uh, nothing bad to say about anybody or the organization. Yeah, definitely the season we uh, kind of want to forget about in terms of not making the playoffs, um, ninth place yeah. finish, not our greatest, but it's easy for us fans to say that sat in the stands. Um, but going past the season, was there any talks ever for you to come back to Coventry the following year? Um, 
you know, with my uh, with my agent, we thought uh, try to explore uh, you know other leagues, other country, uh, and obviously uh, since we didn't have a lot of uh, success that season, you know, not making the playoffs was a uh, was not acceptable <clears throat> for the club and the players, and uh, so we didn't really talk much to, uh, about resigning. You know, me and uh, me and Danny uh, left on a good note. We left each other on a good note, but. Uh, you know, he said we'll get in touch during the summer, and uh, during that time, I signed in Germany. So um, I was kind of ready to explore another league and explore the world too, and visit some different places and different uh, style of hockey as well. Touching on your your move to Germany, then, Sean, uh, the Dow too. We're finding quite a lot of our our British players are taking a chance over there, and a few of the imports seem to like it. Um, What's the standard like? It seems to be quite a competitive league. Did you enjoy yourself in Germany? Yeah, I love my time in Germany. Uh, and I can see why a bunch of uh, British players are going to play there. Uh, first of all, there's two uh, former coaches that are there. Yeah. And, um, and you know, the Germans are a little bit like the Brits style of hockey. Um, meaning they, uh, they're fast, they're fast skaters and they work hard. You know, so that's that's how the Germans are um, only having uh, the tough part is uh, with only having four imports. We were three Canadians and one Finnish. The yeah. Finn, the Finn couldn't speak English or German. So we had no <laughs> clue what was going on. And us three Canadians were we didn't speak speak a leak of uh, German and our coach couldn't speak English. So the first couple of weeks were like. Not too sure what to do here. <laughs> Um, it was an adjustment, but you know it gets you out of your comfort zone, yep. big time. But uh, I love the league, and the league is a little bit. It's run a little bit like the EA, the IHL. It's it's really professional, and uh, you know the the fans are big time fans. Um, you know that the atmosphere is uh, a bit different. You know, there's a lot of singing. There's not a lot of music during the game. It's uh, it's the fans that are singing and. Uh, you know, they have drums and stuff, which you, you see in the EIHL uh, quite a bit too. But uh, the league is comparable, I would say, talent-wise yeah, and yeah. speed-wise. But it's it's more European, less dump and chase, if I, if I can say. Uh, almost no hitting. I think I got hit once in that season. Okay. So it's not as physical. Uh, it's a fun league to play. Would you consider doing it again, or do you think that's your time there done oh no i'd go i'd go back there i love the country too the country has so much to uh has so much to give and uh no i would go back to germany for sure so you then end up back in the elite league with the dundee stars and back with former blaze teammate matt marquardt yeah how did that come about and uh obviously you must have enjoyed it that there it seemed like uh you you had some fun yeah, absolutely. Um, I knew a little bit uh, Coach Pash, Omar Pasha, from playing against him. And uh, since he's uh, he's French-Canadian too, uh, we um, we start talking. And uh, and uh, me and uh, Marquardt uh, told each other, why not go back and play together for a couple more years? And uh, we were kind of a package deal. Uh, we brought it to the team. Uh, we're like, we're com- both of us are coming or uh, – or nothing and uh they were really excited to have both of us 
Uh, great place in Dundee. I loved it there. Loved the city. Loved the fans. Uh, the, the owners are unbelievable. Uh, good people. It's like a big family, you know. You get treated like a family. If, if you need something, you're a phone call away. Um, you know, Coach Fash is, uh, is working really hard uh, for the organization. And, uh, you know, it was uh, – it, it's kind of uh, – it sucks the way everything ended this season, you know, because uh, we were finally getting close to make playoffs. And um, a bit like, uh, like you guys in, in Cov, you guys had an unbelievable season. And um, – but, no, uh, I love my time in Dundee. And we'll see what the future holds. But, uh, yeah, I loved it there. It's a good spot. organization I like to follow but as a second team in the league they, they're very similar to us I think in terms of how we set up on and off the ice it's it's so, really comparable yeah yeah that's what speaking to some of the fans over the forums that I'm in and over Twitter and how the team sets up and you know they're kind of in that I don't, I don't know exactly but I'd say they're in the same kind of budget range as us and you know Omar's done a fantastic job there um, I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves personally. Um, but in your first season, obviously there's one player that stands out for us in that Dundee team um, is obviously Charlie Corcoran, uh, who then moves to us last year. Was Charlie, when he had the deal put his way, did he ever reach out and ask you and Mags any kind of pointers about what it was like in Cov, or did he keep that hush hush? Uh, well, yeah, I've talked to I've talked to Chuck once or twice. He asked me like, how how is the setup? How are the uh, the apartments and uh, and everything? How is you know the coach and the management? But re- really, really uh, briefly, um, and uh, I think he liked it there. Every time I I talked to him after almost every game, and uh, he seemed to to had a blast in Cove. Uh, it's good to hear, obviously, that obviously, that you and Mags at least obviously have had good experiences to, and he had that opportunity to talk to you. But with your second season with the Stars now, uh, first season just missing out in the playoffs, and this season obviously seemed to be going your way. You seem to have just clawed back into the, the you know the top eight, and then COVID strikes. What was the thoughts in the dressing room as you were fighting for that kind of last couple of playoff spots? Were, were you really motivated to get it going? Because from the outside. It, very tight around that bottom half of the table where you didn't know who was going to claim the last couple of spots. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I know for sure. We were, uh, we were looking forward for uh, those last couple of games because uh, we had a good schedule, you know, and uh, teams that were competing for that last spot were playing each other. So it was, it was good for us. Uh, to tell you the truth, it was really heartbreaking the way uh, it ended because you could – finally see you know uh us making the playoffs and i think we would have surprised a lot of people in in those playoffs you know we won some big games again against the big clubs uh last year so we were really confident uh we had a good group of guys guys that wanted to win you know maybe not on paper the most talented guys or guys with the best resume but um everybody was playing with a chip on their shoulders and uh and yeah, so we were really confident that you know we were. I think we were two or three points sh- short, but it was uh, it was right it was right there for us. So yeah, we thought we could have it for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like I say, look from the outset, from looking from an opposition's perspective, it looked like 
it was very close. I had you tipped, like I say. Dundee's my, probably my team outside of Coventry that I'd follow. But um, the, another thing that's come our way from that season, um, obviously we've, with the momentum you had going, um, it just seemed to be that it was a bad... The start of the season kind of hindered you. And then when you clicked, you seemed to be a team that just, when you were going, you were going. I suppose that comes down to the fact that, like you've said, you, you probably didn't have the resumes that some of the teams had, but you were willing to fight each night, you know, to, to get a, a couple of points on the board. And that's something that we've had guys touch upon previously. You, you know, as long as you're there and you're willing to put your life and body on the line to get the points. Would you say that the team was really close and obviously that helped as you kind of clicked and found the momentum towards the end? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the thing is we started really hot in the um, Challenge Cup. You know, we I think we were, was it 4-0 or, you know, we clinched, uh, we clinched the first round of Challenge, Challenge Cup. And then uh, when we, uh, we started the season, we were through a, a little bit of a slump. Uh, I don't want to say that we didn't have we didn't have the resume to to be successful. I just want to uh, I'll put it that way. I think we were a young team, a lot of uh, first professional year guys. So for the guys to get you know to get going and to get to know what pro hockey is, plus you know us being uh, up in Scotland, uh, the travel the travel is uh, is different than any other teams. Uh, so some guys uh, some guys. You know, took a a while to adjust to that. Uh, but yeah, we were such a tight group. Uh, we were doing everything together, whether it's you know a Monday afternoon lunch or something like that or whatever. Go for a hike, uh, go play golf, go to St Andrews. You know, so we had a such a tight group that everything was possible with that group. And the way Pash runs things too, he always uh, he always makes you believe that it's possible. So every day you go, you go to work, you go to the rink, and you know that you have a chance to win during the weekend, which is huge. So I think it sounds like uh, a return to the Dundee Stars is always possible. Sounds like you had a great time there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm open-minded uh, to um, everything. Uh, that's why I'm going back to the ECHL, actually. Um, and, you know, the, the only reason I'm not – Going back to Europe is because everything is so uncertain. Um, and, uh, you know, if something happens, you, you need to find a, find a flight and, and everything. Compared to where I'm going, I just need to jump on the in the car and drive home. So that's the main so reason why. It has, yeah, obviously, you joined the Rapid City Rush. Um, yeah. What's the latest with the ECHL? Well, we see from a little snippets from the media, but uh, from the players, are you hoping that everything's a okay, or where where are you at on what's your understanding? Uh, things are things are complicated, but uh, as it is right now, our first game should be December eleventh. Um, so until then, uh, I'm waiting for my uh, my visa and my immigration papers. As soon as I receive that, uh, they will book my flight to get over there. Uh, before leaving, I need to get tested, have my negative tests to fly over there. Once I get there, the next day I need to take another test. Once I get my negative test, I can go inside the rink and start. Uh, I can go to the rink and start practicing and skating with the boys. Um, you know, it's a pain in the butt, but uh, we got to do it. Uh, 
we'll do whatever we need to do to to start playing hockey. So uh, we'll be uh, we'll be fortunate to play. You know, there's a bunch of guys, there's a bunch of players, teams, leagues that can't be playing hockey right now. So we're fortunate to do it. Um, I think uh, half half the teams are going to start December 11th, and uh, the other half will start January 15th. The first half will play 72 games, and the second half will play 62 games. Don't ask me. Don't ask me how it's going to work for playoffs. I have no idea. At that point, it's not. <laughs> it's not my problem. But uh, yeah, that's how it's going to work. And there's two teams. Two teams that uh, that won't be going for this season because the way it works is every state makes a decision for their own state. It's not the whole country. So let's say us, South Dakota, it's the state that decides, okay, this club can start playing. Um, there's a Atlanta in Atlanta, Georgia, they decided no, uh, no hockey, no sports, no fans. So they, they're not allowed to go. So it's, it goes states, state by state. And uh, there's 13 teams starting December 11th, and we're one of them. We're lucky to be one of them. That's just crazy, that amount of games. It's just, I don't physically see how you fit that game, that amount of games in. But I guess they must know how to, or they're finding a way to do it. Um, Talk about Rapid City and going there. You're on the same roster as Garrett Klotz again. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> but that's from the past. What's Klotzy like as a character? We've heard different stories from the likes of Liam and V, but yeah, Klotzy is a beauty. I actually went to Thailand with him at the end of the season, uh, at the end of the Coventry season. So, uh, so yeah, we had a blast over there. Um, yeah, Klotzy's a great guy. I think he had, his missus is from there, so uh, so I think he lives there full time now. Uh, yeah, so, uh, no, great guy, you know, he, uh, he's obviously a beast, uh, he's a unit, you know, he works hard, he works hard on the ice and off the ice too, he loves to work out, um, so yeah, great guy, good team guy, bunch of good stories with him, uh, so I'm looking forward to, uh, to meet him over there. Definitely sounds like there could be some stuff planned in the future then with you and Klotzy. Um, one other slightly obscure question really and it's one we hear over in Britain a lot and it's the phrase bus legs now when you're in Cov obviously the bus legs was the Scotland trips and that sort of thing up in Scotland different ball game does what is the bus legs effect and does it really kick in as much as it's t- said about uh obviously it does you know when you uh when you leave on a Saturday morning at 6 a.m. to go play in Guildford, which is nine hours and a half, and the next day you play in uh, Dundee against uh, Glasgow that played at home the night before, there's a difference for sure. You know, on the bus, you can't really move. What Even if you're going to... You know, go out at the bus station, stretch for a little bit. On the bus, you're just sitting down or, or laying down for six, seven, nine hours. So, for sure, there is, a, there is a different, there is a disadvantage. But as a pro, you have to move past that and find your way to be ready for the game. You know, like, like I was telling the guys this year, there's no excuses. It's not because this is the reality. We play in Scotland. 
And the whole season is going to be like that. So we have to move past that and find a way to get ready, whether it's, you know, practice harder during the week, go lighter on uh, on a Friday before leaving, whatever you need to do, do it, make sure you're ready for the game. So it is true. It's tough, but there's always a way, you know, you know, to be ready for games. Do you think there's an, I don't think this is a definitive answer, but do you think there's a, a process or a way that the league could change to prevent the things like them sort of things happening? Because for you to travel from Dundee to Guildford, play six minutes of hockey in a small rink, get knocked about left, right and centre, and then go all the way back up to Dundee to play the following night against a Cardiff who have got four stacked lines, three of the best players in the league on their top line, and you've then got to put another shift in. Could the league make it easier in terms of travel? I've been I've been seeing this since I went back to Dundee because that's how they do in Germany. In Germany, you play on Friday, let's say on the road. You don't play on you play uh, Friday and Sunday. So Saturdays, depending on how far you bust and how how uh, late you got back home, you either have a light skate or it's a day off. So you know it's it's in between, and uh, and I'm sure it would work because everybody. Uh, in the UK would go out to a Friday game, right? It's 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 a fun night to go watch hockey. It's comparable to a Saturday. So you would have you would have uh, a game at home every weekend, but with a day in between. The tough part is, you know, like uh, I think Fife is like that. Dundee is like that. We don't ha- always uh, have ice time on Tuesdays. So that shorten your uh, practice week. But there's there's a way to do things for sure that's that would be more fair, if I can say, to uh, the northern teams. And another thing is, let's say we play we play Coventry or we play Guildford, for example, and we play uh, Cardiff back home. The thing is, Cardiff will fly to Glasgow while we're busing back. So that's another advantage. Well, like you say we're um, tr- playing on a Friday night, you know, it, it would make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, and then maybe having the Saturday off or whatever. But yeah, it sounds, um, would sound like a good idea to be fair, but yeah. Um, last question for you. Uh, we've asked all our previous guests this question. Uh, what we want to know is, what would your top six be that you've played alongside? Of any time in your career, so we need one netminder, two defensemen, and three forwards. Who would they be? Uh, one netminder. Uh, I'm gonna say Olivier Roy. He's uh, he's playing in Dell One in Germany. He's one of my good friends. He's a uh, he's a netminder. Uh, defenseman. I really like to play with. I played uh, in Idaho. For one for one season with Corbin Baldwin, he was one of my favorite uh, D partner. Um, forward, I have to say uh, Mark Ward. Uh, there's so many names I can say. I played with Brad Marchand when I was a major junior. Uh, played. Uh, who else can I say? I'll I'll put Anthony Beauregard up there too, since they're my uh, my recent uh, players. Uh, that I've played with, and you know, I, as a D, uh, as another D man, I play with Chris Letang too, which is uh, a legend already. 
Yeah, oh, um, definitely. So I could name a bunch, but you know, I'll name my I'll name my close friends to to start with. Well, that's it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one question then was was Marchant's, uh like he what uh, did he play like he did back then, like he does today? Yeah, absolutely. He's always he's always been a little rat, but uh, he's uh, <laughs> you know he's a money player. He's always on the ice to win the game or to win a battle or you know to score goals. I would take that player on my team in a heartbeat. Um, other teams hate him, but when he's on uh, when he's on your team, you love the guy. He's a good guy as well. He's uh, he's matured a lot too. You know, like he's not that little uh, that little rat that he was. Uh, you know, three four years ago. I think uh, I think that was a little too much, but uh, you know he was doing his job getting under uh, under guy's skin. And the uh, can't fault the guy who's got a Sandy Cup ring to himself. Absolutely, so he's, do- he's doing something right. Put it that way. Um, yeah. So from a personal perspective, that's all the questions I've got this evening. But I'm going to do a quick round robin with everyone else. So Danny, anything else from yourself tonight? Uh, nothing from me, thank you. Brilliant. Ross, anything from yourself? No, nothing from me. Thank you. And Scott, anything from yourself? Uh, just one. Um, you told Dundee that you and Mark Hart come as a package. Uh, I think he needs a club, so what are you doing about that, Sean? Uh, I can't really talk for him right now. Uh, I know what his plans are, but uh, I'm not allowed <laughs> to speak. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, in in the ECHL, you can only have four veterans, right, per per team, which is two hundred and thirty. I'm I'm not sure of the amount of games, but you know, there's a lot of veterans out there looking for jobs. So that's why I sign early, you know, to secure a spot. And um, you know, four veterans is it goes fast, you know. So Mags Mags uh, signed somewhere in Norfolk and they decided that they weren't able to uh, to be playing yeah. uh, this upcoming season so it was a, unfortunate for him but I'm not uh, I'm not worried for him uh, I'm sure he'll find a spot so just for the veteran status it, it, it's on games played and not age I'm, or am I completely wrong because I sometimes I do get a bit muddled with the the coach no, side exactly. Of it's on it's on professional games played. Right, okay. That's fine. Uh yeah, it's sometimes I, I try and follow it, but sometimes I'm like, what what, yeah. what is going on? No. But I don't uh, think uh goalies count. Right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, no, that's all for me, Ash. I just mentioned on Max, we're due to speak to him next week. So we'll see what we can get out of him next week. See if he's going to let us know where he's playing his hockey next season. Hopefully, yeah, he'll be yapping. He loves those things. <laughs> oh, definitely. He loves to chat. <laughs> Tell him well, I say hi. Will do, definitely. Well, on that note, we've got no more questions for any of the guys. So thank you, Sean, for taking the time to join us this evening. Whatever happens during that season of 140 games in about 140 nights, we wish you nothing but success with it and good luck for the future. That is all for this week's episode of the Third Period Podcast. Hopefully we'll be back in the nice week watching some hockey very soon. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Third Period Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got anything you want to say to us, find us on Facebook. Maybe join in the next episode. As always, check out Nuola for all your custom sportswear needs. Ah!